Welcome to the pit, everybody. We're back. The pertinent podcast, The Wire. We're going to be discussing episode one. I got the doc in the house, Rodney Doc Taylor, visiting the pit. So first of all, we're going to start off with who shot snot? Doc, I know you got some intel. I don't know. The only part I know is that they opened the the whole series with that steam snot being dead in the street. Did we ever find out who shot him? I haven't. (laughs) But I'm assuming that you have. Oh, I'm going to save that nugget. Oh, one of the things that, that. Yeah. One of the things that I enjoy about. And I don't know if this has been on other shows before. Is the thing they call the epigraph. So that's where they okay. they on this one is when it's not your turn. You know they show that little part up there in the white, whatever they're going to discuss in that episode. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Doc, did you notice in the cinematography that they have? where they do a couple of scenes where they're filming on the CCTV. So you remember when they, you had Bunk and McNulty are walking in to the courthouse and they're not filming them directly. They're filming the CCTV that's on them. And then it actually happens two more times during the episode. Yeah. So they had the other one where, uh, Rawls and the other other guy are, are going in the uh, elevator upstairs. Yep, they used it there. And then uh, when McNulty went to the FBI building. Right. Yeah, when he walked in there and then they had to check him and all that and get an escort. So that, that's one of the things. I don't know if a lot of people will discuss that because you, you already know they didn't go up for any awards, Emmys, or any of that stuff back then. That's what they were talking about on another uh, podcast. They were saying, well, that's why it's a black show because they didn't get nominated for anything. That's messed up. (laughs) That's messed up. Uh, But I did learn with my most recent watching of that first episode is that it's not Buddy did tell McNulty who did shoot him. And we learned that when McNulty and Bunker walked into the courthouse. Ah, yeah, that's right. I had just learned that with the most recent watching of it. Now, before I move on to the next subject, I do have a trivia question for you. So later on, you'll hear McNulty says that Barksdale's got five of the seven towers. So my question to you is, Doc, who's got the other two towers? You going to stop me with that one? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll come back to that later, too. All right. So this should be a man. So we get into the courtroom. So we talk about 
intimidation. So you see they, they pan over. They got Savino and Weebay comes in. And of course, uh, String is already sitting there with his glasses. And then, uh, of course, Stinkum, he comes in also. And so I, I think one of the things that I've heard on some other podcasts, but I think that people miss the point of you have two people in that courtroom that think they're smarter than everybody else, regardless of what room they're in. And then you got one on the bad side and one on the on the good side. So you got Stringer and then you got McNulty. So what's interesting is that both of them do a lot of messing up even though they, they're trying to do some good at the same time so they're actually parallel actors I guess you could say so of course the best part of that scene is, is when he he lifts up Stringer lifts up his portfolio and it shows the drawing but I'm going to tell you what's a, another thing that's interesting Doc is that he had detective on there. Now, I don't know if you know in the police arena that when you call guys like that officers, that's offensive to them. Because officers are the ones that's on the on the street, you know, patrols and all that. But when they become a detective, that's I guess that's higher up in the chain. So if you call them officer, they say, no, no, no. They'll correct you and say, no, detective. So it's right. interesting. That's how, that's how Stringer exits the courtroom. Well, he doesn't say that. He actually Does uses. He not say you have, have a good day, officer. No, he says detective. Oh, he does. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I I, I thought that was interesting where he he uses the proper term instead of something that's a downgrade. But well, McNulty has been out there chasing him for a while now. Well, he did talk about at the courthouse that he had another case that they said that they roughed him up on. Correct. Yeah. And then when when D is that D just entering to to um what's the name of the club? Uh, Orlando's. Orlando's and you got Stringer and Avon upstairs. Stringer leans over to Avon and says, The security guard, a main force, the day of the shooting. He was in the courtroom, describes him to the T's, etc. Right. And they were talking about a case that McNulty was on. So he's been out there chasing him for a while. (laughs) Yeah. kind of strange because he's never even seen Avon to this point. No. <laughs> no cause, yeah, we find out nobody's got a picture. <laughs> uh, that's going to be good when we get to that <laughs> in the next episode. So I'm, I'm harking back on to, of course, what we've already seen several times and thinking of the smart pawns that's out there that, that Bodie refers to later on but 
string is that but then you you have heard already about the real world stringer called Lamont Chen Farmer right Okay, so Lamont Chen Farmer is the one that came up with the the process for the pagers. And he also did own an actual print shop. And he did take classes at Baltimore. At the community college. At the community college, yes sir. So all that I, that part of it is true. And you already know uh, David Simon and, and Ed Burns. Uh, did a collab on a lot of the, a lot of the actors and, and who they were. Some people, I think Omar was like six different people. Correct. Yeah. So uh, another question I have for you, Doc, is there any character that you're introduced to in the first season that you have any sympathy for? Sympathy for? Yeah. Like you're sympathetic towards someone. I don't know if I have any sympathy for him. You, you're, you're immediately uh, attracted to the bug, bugs uh, and the stuff that he's going through, him and Johnny. Right. Is this in the first season where uh, I think it's Kima Bubbles and McNulty? He's not got that college show. Bub, Bub is, is, is giving him some information. And then McNulty says, How do you know so much if your life is all screwed up? <laughs> That's later on in the first season, I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that's on the car ride back from the soccer field where he has the famous line about it's a thin line between heaven and here right one of the great lines of the show yeah the uh, the thing I like about when they talk about Kima and, and showing her that first time is like she's in charge of her and Carver and it was it was more evident like they go and pull the person over or whatever and they got the one shotgun mm-hmm. and then Kima comes up and <laughs> pulls out and says I told y'all it was two guns and so you could see already they, they and then later on they trying to question why is Kima telling us what to do? Well, it's obviously smarter than y'all. Correct. And she should be glad that she is there for. Right. So what I was talking about, like with the sympathy part, is I, I guess it's more later on, but like now I kind of feel bad, like for Wallace, because you you see he can't count. Like, he had the one guy up there. And then, of course, little Johnny's trying to, to pull his game. And, of course, D'Angelo comes up with the famous line about money be green. Right. 
like he had a problem counting money. Yeah, he got frustrated. He only had one person, and, and Johnny comes up, and he's trying to, you know, put his money in there. And it's like, no, wait, wait. He was already messed up from the original count from the guy he was dealing with. It was $20. He gave him 13 He's supposed to give him back 7 And then, you know, we hear later we hear later on what happens when you mess up the count. <laughs> right, that's what I was getting at. He does help this, this little kid with, with the homework. Though. Yeah, later on he learns, but at that moment in time in the first episode, he was he was about to get messed up. But I have to tell you, like certain people like certain folks or don't like certain folks. I'm telling you right now, I, I never liked D'Angelo. Never. I, I was kind of on the side with string with, with that whole makeup. And I mean, you could already tell the friction from them right in Orlando. It's like they didn't even speak. Like he didn't even speak to him. He just. Yeah, he didn't even speak. He just walked out. Because he's he's the king's nephew. Right. You know, you're going to always have friction between all the other folks and what the king's nephew is getting that may not have, uh, should have been coming to him. Like his position in, in the organization. Nepotism. Wait. Here's one of the lines I'm gonna uh, play that is gonna be interesting later on. I'll be chalking you off one night. You have a nice day. It's drink. Let's go. <laughs> so that's uh, Detective Barlow. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that uh, McDulty went and got and said, hey, man, they turning your case and all that. And he's like, nah, I got two eyewitnesses. And so it's, <laughs> it's it's interesting how uh, Detective Barlow says, I'm going to be chalking you off one night when he's talking to Stringer. Right. So, yeah, we'll file that away for later, I guess. <laughs> but to me, in just the way I seen D'Angelo carry himself, I can't see him as someone that would shoot somebody in the tower. It just, that part of it, I I just, it just didn't make sense because it's like, even when later on we see he makes a phone call where they pick up Omar's boy and it's like, you could see how he kind of felt with that. And then... It's it's hard to see D let alone fighting versus uh, pulling out a gun and shooting somebody. Right. Exactly. And you even see, like, when Johnny got beat down, like, he didn't even say anything. Like, he should have said, y'all whoop his tail, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. He just turned around and walked, and Bodie's like, oh, okay, well, we just wail on him. Which, of course, that's going to be a mistake, but that's where we get get Bubs involved. So 
So one of the other things I noticed is that you have a lot of of codes that are going on. You have the car ride with Weebay and D'Angelo and he starts talking in the car. And then that's when he pulled over to New York Fried Chicken and they get out get out the car. And they say he said, What's the rule? <laughs> so it's like you had the same thing like Herc and Carver situation where they discuss with each other what they're going to do, not going to do. You got McNulty and right at the beginning with the guy on the street, the guy on the street say, hey, man, I ain't I ain't talking. You know, I ain't telling nothing. And then, of course, later on with, with Omar, he's he's got some. But the thing I was going to tell you about earlier, Doc, that I said I was going to save, you know, for the podcast is that they had the scene about D'Angelo talking about money be green and then the next scene right after that you have Bubs telling Johnny that he's green when he's teaching them the game on how to how to uh, get these drug dealers and how to slip in these dollar bills that are fake so that's the part that i i didn't notice before was we went from money be green to telling johnny that he's green i was like oh okay i see what they're doing there so it's all about teaching the game because if you remember d'angelo was just telling wallace about how ronnie moe was running the pit he's like this is how y'all run it you know straight up hand to hand if they taking pictures they got everything he said, hey, you're supposed to send them around the corner. That way it's someone else that's giving the product and someone else that's taking the money. So I'm going to go back to a couple of auditions. I think I... I I had asked you before about the bunk audition. You said you hadn't heard that story. Mm-mm. I think one of the guys from the Wire group just posted it today. It was on there, and it had uh, had the backstory on there. So it was 9/11, uh, right after 9/11. He had a, he was getting a taxi to go to the audition, and somehow he got involved in uh, a fight with the taxi driver. And the police rolled up and the taxi driver said, hey, I, I started it. But they took <laughs> Wendell Pierce in also. And so after he got out of that, you know, he came to the audition. So he he tells them what happened. He said, here's what happened and this and this and this. He's like, what's the part? So I could just go on and read it. And they was like, at that point right there, they said that he already had the part as the bump. But what's interesting about that, too, is that uh, Lieutenant Daniels <laughs> had tried out for Bubbles. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't have worked. Right. And then he also auditioned for Bump. <laughs> Can you imagine a dude look like Daniels trying out for the Bump? Well, that's how that stuff goes a lot of the times. You go in and you're reading for one part, and then the people will say, I don't think you're good for this part, but we got this part for you. 
it was it was interesting to find that out. It's like what? So I know people are just trying to get on to the show itself. What's the guy's name that plays Daniels? Lance. Lance Reddick. Right. Now, isn't he on drugs in Oz? Yes. All of Oz. Yes. Yes. Did he come in there a drug addict, or did he become a drug addict? Uh, I I don't remember. I have, to, I have to go back and watch Oz again. Right. I think I halfway remember him becoming. Yeah, I think it was becoming, yeah. yeah. I just remember Adebisi scared the hell out of me. <laughs> that I do remember with his little thing, his little hat that he had on his head that's cocked to the side. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't want no part of him in prison, I'll tell you that. And then uh, what you call it? I, I just watched his uh, his show he had on uh, Amazon uh, counterpart J.K. Simmons. Okay. Oh man, I did, I ain't like him either because he was with the uh, the white Aryan folk. That's correct. Oh yeah, yeah. I ain't like him either. So them two right there, uh uh-uh. uh, that's almost like seeing uh, Omar and Brother Muzon in the alley. Nah, I'm good. So one of the other things that they have for the first episode is uh, Chain of Command. Uh, I know a little bit more about Chain of Command being in the military, so I don't know how much of you dealt with Chain of Command. Uh, none at all. Uh, well, it's it's pretty. Yeah, well, that's important. Well, it's it's pretty similar to what they went through. Is you don't want people that's at the top getting word about something that's going on uh, without some prior knowledge because it's almost like getting blindsided when you don't have the information that you need and then it makes the people at the top look stupid which of course they don't want to look like a moat So yeah, that the chain of command is uh is something that a lot of people <laughs> in this show break a lot of times and we'll see that later on. Yeah, but don't you think part of it is you know, of course you know McNulty's gonna be the rebel, right? Right. And the people that are always preaching chain of command, chain of command. They are just out there just simply doing a job, punching a clock, uh, and not really, quote-unquote, getting things done. When you say, forget about this chain of command stuff and do things that you do the way you need to do it, then you get stuff done. Well, you can see that with Daniels. Right. He says that, but we we also find out he's got some dirt, too. Right. But then when they convinced him that you have to get stuff done any way that you need to get it done, he comes over to their side and he fights for them, correct? He does. And it's interesting that he says, because 
his bosses are telling him, oh, we're going to do buy bus and we'll be out of here in a month and you'll be back to your regular jobs. Right. Thankfully, that didn't happen for our benefit. <laughs> series with three episodes uh huh well the last thing I have to say about Chain of Command is I mean they started it off pretty early but uh, Landsman <laughs> goes ahead and asks McNulty <laughs> where you don't want to go So, of course, he says, uh, the boat. Hmm. That's interesting to also file away for later. But, well, yeah. We can talk about it now because McNulty doesn't learn until he learns it from Lester drinking at the bar, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Next time, they ask you where you don't want to go. <laughs> Right. Yeah, because he sure. That's like the one thing I can contribute to, like similar to chain of command that I learned when I was in the Air Force is they said when we got the basic training, don't never volunteer for anything. So like they have different duties, latrine duty and making the beds and all this other stuff. He said, hey, we need a volunteer dorm guard. Nah, you don't volunteer. You keep your mouth shut. Just like Lester said. Well, because it happened to him. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. When, when Lester got got caught up in his stuff, he said, "Man, I don't care. Just put me out there on the street. I'll earn my money." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thirteen years. And what? Yeah. You got to get the exact quote, 13 years, six months, something, something days or something like that. No, he just said 13 years. And then he goes, he emphasized in four months. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we we go from chain of command to back to your favorite place, uh, Orlando's. And you got... uh, I thought this was interesting, especially this is 2002. So we hadn't talked about the clothes yet. We'll, we'll come back to that. But Chardine comes up to D'Angelo and says, hey, buy me a drink. And he goes, well, how much? Chardine says, do you remember how much it was? Uh, 20, but she drank slow. <laughs> Here you go. I'm like... Wait a second, it's 2002 and it was $20 back then? And of course he says, I ain't no John. But that's going to be an interesting relationship that develops. But back to the clothes. I know they have been on, uh, last week they was on Jordan about his pants and all that. And I'm like, okay. Uh, that that's how we wore the pants back then, <laughs> baggy and all that. Correct. <laughs> Wearing no no skinny jeans. Right. 
I still got FUBU stuff. So uh, now we now we head out to the uh, the tracks, and you got Bunk and McNulty that are sitting there talking. You remember what they were talking about? Uh, Bunk's wife said there was a a mouse in the house. Oh, okay. So he. Uh, which is funny, you had McNulty questioning Bunk about using his service weapon to kill the mouse. He's like, you use your service weapon? I'm like, really, McNulty? Who are you to question somebody? <laughs> you breaking all the rules all the time. But the biggest part of that scene, of course, is when he goes to the track to piss. And then he says, Bunk, I'm going to do this case. It's bad news for everybody else, but it's good news for us. <laughs> Again, he's he's bunking the system. Pardon the pun. Oh. Uh, the chain of command. Nicely done. Right, and by doing so, we get everything that, that happens. Yeah, that's the interesting part about television series. You see the mistakes that people make, but then, of course, if they don't make those mistakes, we don't have the show going to where it goes to. And it's like, oh, if they would have just done this, but then, yeah, well, how are you going to have a show? Right. So before we get to the last scene, they have uh, Kima comes in to see Bubs. You see that there's a relationship that they had prior to. Right. He's been out how long? I, or does he just say a couple of months? I'm, try, I'm, trying, to, of months. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what. How long he said. Let me see if I can get to it. But of course, I, when I see them two together, the first thing I think about is the is the the hats. Right. We just went up the manpower stand. But yeah, he says uh, I'm gonna have some. So info for you, cause she asked, he had um, asked her if she's still doing drugs. Right. Where do we see Bubs before this scene? He's uh, teaching Johnny. That's what I was talking about with the before he got to the when he goes off by himself and gets caught. Where do we initially? Where do we initially see Bubs? In, in that where he's uh, doctoring the money with the, with the coffee. Right, with Johnny. Yeah. We don't see him before then. Uh uh-uh. uh 
Okay. Yeah. Let's see. I'm coming up to it right here. Three months. Yeah. <laughs> he locked up. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? <laughs> no, he's been home for three months. Oh, been home. Yes, right. Been home for three months. Yeah, ain't, yeah. He been with Johnny. <laughs> Trying to smoke it up. To the last scene, and uh, of course, I know you remember who's laying down there in the alley. Who's laying down there in the alley? Yeah, they got killed. You know, they they come in the scene. They show the the statue of that place of the kids that's holding the book and all that. The little stone statues. Oh, okay. And then, um, this Gant. Right. And shot in the head. And of course, D'Angelo's over there with the people that's behind the tape looking. And so now he knows what's going on. What's funny is, is I never really, <laughs> never really knew this either. Is that I don't know if you remember. There's a there's a white officer that meets Bump when he first pulls up. Right. Some of those guys were real police, right? Real Baltimore police. Well, the, this one, the, the funny part about this one is his name's Bobby Brown. Okay. But the thing I remember about him is that he was on the corner. So if you if you go back and look at that officer that meets uh, Bump when he pulls up, that officer there, he's he's also in the uh, the corner. Wait, now the corner has they Bob Brown? Did they not? There was a police officer. I, I think he's playing the same part. So I don't know. That's that's gonna be the next uh, <laughs> the next podcast. It's gonna be the breakdown of the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the uh the last scene and of course the 
the worst music that you ever want to hear, especially if you're binge watching The Wire. No, for us folks, it started from day one. Oh, we yeah. You started. Next Sunday. You started in 2002. I know you hated this. Oh, there it is. That bass line. <laughs> oh, when I heard that, well, I'm telling you, man. Oh, man, I couldn't imagine going through that, like from watching it from the beginning. Next Sunday. Man. Yep, so. So there was one piece I forgot. I didn't give you the answer on no. I'm going to save that. <laughs> I'm going to save them answers. One thing I forgot about is the the scene between Rawls and McNulty. So do you remember how he get? He says, you got my attention? Oh, that's, that, was, that was comedy genius. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for your... You know, you know, and this one's right into your left eye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know. I mean, that the one in the you know, I mean, what we see from Rawls later on, I don't know. He. <laughs> don't I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> But the fun, the funniest part about that is, and like, it's like you you watch other shows, and it's like they say stuff, and like your it's like your attention immediately goes to exactly what they said, and from that, what I'm talking about is Rawls tells <laughs> McNulty when he types up the report. You remember what he says about the report? Dots. Major likes dots. <laughs> Definitely likes dots. <laughs> yeah. So, in fact, uh, that's one of the things we use in, in my job, and they're actually called ellipses. <laughs> we use the three. So we use that for like questions, but I'm I'm sure for those they're talking about like more like bullet points. Right. Alright, so that's uh pretty much Naughty catalogs all those murders also. Yes. You can just rattle them. And by name. Yeah, by name. Deidre Crescent, something legged. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Doc. <laughs> there was a Bogues. Was this not a Bogues? Deidre Crescent, somebody legged. Yeah. There's three of them. You got my attention, Doc. You got my attention. <laughs> Yeah. If he had listened to the chain of command, you wouldn't have had nothing. Uh, no. 
How about Herc and Carver, what they were arguing about? Which time? <laughs> the first time when they was in there with Kima. Okay. They was in the office talking about the chain of command. About certain stuff rolls downhill. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if I can get those names. There's a Gerard Bowles, there's a Roland Leggett, and Deidre Crescent. I remember he did rattle them off. Let's see. He rattles them off, I'm tell you that. Anything else, Doc, before we wrap it up? You got to get some more folks, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, next Monday we're going to hit up. I don't know. I was thinking about it, I might change the day. Or if I move to Tuesday. What if I move to Tuesday? What would be the difference? Well, Gerard's got his. And... But, I don't know. I 
Might just change the day. I just we gotta find some more wire heads. Alright, cool. We'll go on and wrap it up. Pertinent podcast. The wire episode one. We done broke it down like a fraction, huh, Doc? How'd you come up with pertinent podcast? Came up with pertinent podcast. Because when I thought about the name of a podcast, I went and researched what was out there for The Wire. And everything else started with The Wire. And so I went back to the scene that had Prez and he had pertinent and non-pertinent. I was like, hmm. I said, I was thinking about when I, per- I was first going to call it pertinent versus non-pertinent. I said, nah, that's too long. So then I seen the picture with the check mark of the pertinent. I said, oh, I said, that'd be a good background screen right there. So when he was with Lester and Lester is explaining to him that, hey, you know, that was pertinent because we got a name out of it. didn't have any other names before this. I I'm trying to think what I, I know. The first thing I went to was the I don't know why I pulled up that clip, but that was the clip that I don't know, something just popped in my head to pull that clip up of them. And then when I seen the boxes, that's what keyed me in. I said, oh, pertinent, non-pertinent. I was like, so. Yeah, I seen other stuff that I looked up for podcasts and looked at the names and seen how it's going to come up. Because I know that's, uh, I learned that at the same place that Stringer went to in college. Supply and demand. So I had to do my research. (laughs) And said, what is the, how do we flood the market? (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, I I didn't see a lot of things that started with uh, pertinent. So it's like, well, it'd be easy for people to find. But yeah, I did the, uh, the graphic. So I had to download this other app where it, uh, you could combine two pictures together and to where uh, I could overlay my face not that people want to see that because I got the face for radio but I tried to use looking distinct with the glasses and all that that I'm actually in front of the computer clicking pertinent so that's how I tried to make it look So, yeah. But, yeah, I I did it pretty quick. I mean, I learned some of the stuff from uh, Gerard. And uh, because I had never done podcasts before. So it's actually another app that records it. And then I can go and edit it and get it ready for when it goes to Spotify. So that way it's cleaned up. And then, like, I think the first week I posted on Facebook, 
a minute 23 had to be taken off because I had played some of the show for like a minute 23, like the intro. And so, of course, they said, you can't do that. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, so I had to take that off of there. You couldn't do it because you didn't pay for it? Uh, it it's something with the rights. I guess you have to say I don't own the rights to this music because it was way down in the hole. Right. And so I guess I didn't say that. So I just edited it out and took it out of there. What's the guy that does the podcast with Jamil? Um, they play clips. Right. Yeah, they're playing clips. Oh, uh, and they have their own version of Way Down in the Hole that they had someone else do. Uh, Van Lathan. Okay. Yeah. Are we supposed to know him? Uh, I looked him up. He's from TMZ. So I'd never heard of him before the podcast. But hey, I, hey, do your thing, man. You, you get to work with Jamel Hill, and they're getting paid for theirs. We're not getting paid for this one. We're not. The check's in the mail, Doc. Oh, 